Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you on Friday, June 11th. And as always, we have weekly highlights from Jaguars Broadcasting, including head coach Urban Meyer explaining organized team activities evaluations, Bucky Brooks on Meyer's approach to the offseason, plus defensive end and linebacker Josh Allen discussing how to get so many new defensive players on the same page. Remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network, available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcast. Give us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's begin with a review of Tuesday's organized team activities practice. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence threw a couple interceptions that day, and he had a minor hamstring issue. After practice, head coach Urban Meyer discussed the evaluation of OTAs. Hey, Urban, uh, on a day like today when the defense really takes the day, um, is there any different sort of messaging that you send to the offense, or is it steady as it goes? No, it's steady as it goes. You don't, we don't want to create, you know, the, the whole idea of phase three with, with, with what we're in should not be, uh, I don't, we, we got to really tone back and, and uh, make sure the guys aren't launching themselves after the ball and all that. So, no, not, it's all about uh, not losing the strength gains and, uh, speed gains we made in the offseason, uh, installing an offense, and then trying to execute. This is not about win or lose it right now. There, at that time, will be, is coming, but not now. What have you seen from um, from Tim Tebow? Uh, Tim's done a decent job. Uh, we all know this is a new position for him. Um, you know, I, you know, you, you wish you could see and do a you know in spring football you have full pads and scrimmages and you can really evaluate. It's kind of tough right now, so. But he's a great teammate. He's a, in the locker room. I can see everybody get along. We have a good chemistry on our team, and uh, but he's picking it up decent. Josh Allen seemed to be held out. Was has he got anything going on? Yeah, Josh is sitting right to my left. He's a soft player that uh, we. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see him sitting there. No, his lower back was tight. Uh, he's been fantastic. He's uh, uh, one of our leaders and has been to everything. So we just were cautionary today. He's he's fine. We all good, baby. Make sure that I don't need a I don't need a headline there. That was I'm, I'm joking, all right. Yeah, Irving, can you just uh, kind of give an overview of the team building that you've been able to accomplish to this point? Um, you know, with with a little little more this week and then minicamp next week. What have you been able to do from kind of laying the foundation you need to from a sort of a philosophy and environment standpoint? Yeah, I think uh, you know when you are named head coach, you have two you're responsible for two things: the culture and then the talent acquisition piece and. We have good team meetings. You know, I'm not taking too much of their time because of uh, the limitations we have. And, you know, next week we're going to have a little longer days. Uh, but, uh, you know, I really like where we're at. I like our guys. Uh, zero resistance. And, you know, we just got to, um, you know, got to get to be a lot better in a lot of areas. But I, I, I love where we're at as far as I don't necessarily like the term buying in, but I hear it all the time. The guys have been great. Hey, Irvin. Yeah, we've all seen Trevor, how he handles success, but when he has days like today, what have you seen from him about how he handles adversity? Is he, does he kind of talk it through himself? Does he talk it through with his teammates? How does he handle that? I'm learning like you are, you know, he's like you, you made a good point. He's not experienced a whole lot of that, but he's a very, he's a grown man. The way he handles his business, he's here bright eyed, ready to go all the time. And I would imagine, you know, we're going to go meet right now, but I would imagine it'd just be about execution, how to get better. You know, I, once again, I don't want to undervalue what you saw today, but the, there's no winner loser. It was uh, just, you know, some execution misfires, and we got to get those fixed. But he, he's fine, and uh, I think his uh, development as a player, that's going to be interesting to watch, what you just said. 
you know, it's not like you said, what are you, 34 and 2 as a starting quarterback? You know, that's uh, something that we got to just watch and manage. Urban Meyer's full press conference available on Jaguars.com. On the Huddle Up podcast Wednesday, NFL media analyst Bucky Brooks, senior writer John Osier, and I reacted to Meyer's comments on practice and what to expect when it gets real in late July and August. Urban Meyer put it really well, and I'm sure it's one of those things he's learning about. In spring, summer ball, or in college, you can have pads on, you can have some competitiveness. In the NFL, you can't do that. And he was very clever to practice twice and sort of went back to it on Tuesday. This is not a winner-loser situation. Uh, for Urban to say that, who's all about competitiveness and winning and losing, means he gets – this is a teaching time, and he said it best. This is about not losing their strength and not losing their speed. They are trying to maintain until they get to August when they can start competing and being real and seeing real things. I would guess if you really asked Urban, he's probably not a huge fan of these in terms of, you know, he likes, just like most coaches do, getting out there, competing, seeing who's better, who's worse. Well, that's not what this is. So it's very much a maintaining thing. And I, I can sort of see from that perspective, JP, why he decided to close most of them. Because, you know, the that's more the you point. open and the more people are going to try to draw conclusions. And this, is, this really isn't a conclusion-drawing time, except for us bozos who feel like we have to. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, Osh. You're supposed to be out there out there tracking all the completions and stats. incompletions. You're supposed stats. to give me well, – in fact, I, I've been waiting for it to come across. I'm, I'm sitting here all the time waiting, looking at Twitter, waiting for you to have, like, the completion percentage, wow. the passer rating, <laughs> number of touchdowns, who's who scored, who's yeah. who's hot, who's and not. Never mind the Tebow time things. graphic, too. we got to get yeah. the Tebow t- I mean, I mean, like, wow. I mean, I'm hoping that you're saving this. It sounds for, like for you're going to wait. And that's good, yes. Bucky, because you're going to go through some adversity here, and adversity builds character. It does build character, <laughs> so um, you will some be... would say. That's um, what happens when you stay away from voluntary practices, Bucky. You can't get yeah, to Yeah, I guess, Bucky, you can fly down here and, not, and, and track the things yourself. If yeah, you want. it's over. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean we're, we're coming out. I just never know when the media days are. If I, if I knew, I would be all over. I never knew what, when media availability what talking is. talking about? Yes, well, you Bucky will be here Monday. And I'll yeah. check his Twitter feed for some completion percentage. Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have it all yeah, down. That. Like we, see if we right. can get we can get a researcher to help us with the the passer rating if we can calculate that. But I think your point that uh, Coach Meyer makes about this being different is not necessarily a competitive period. I bet you it is an adjustment for him because when you're having spring ball at Ohio State and Florida, you have pads on, like mm-hmm. you're getting after it. You have three or four scrimmages throughout that 15 day period where you guys are playing really, for starting positions. Yeah. They, they're really getting they're competing. After it. Yeah. Now he's looking around like, what, what is this patty cake stuff that we're doing? Like we can line up and have team, but we can have team without pads on how much real work can you do in his mind? I'm sure it is a bit of an adjustment when it comes to what he's seeing and what he's used to seeing after being a coach at the co- collegiate level for such a long time. Hey Bucky, how, if you're a player on the Jags, how ready must you better be for that fourth practice in training camp when the pads are ready to go on? Because the ball coach is ready to go now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at some point we got to put the ball down and a hey, one's in the huddle. Let's go. Let's, you better let's be ready for live. that day. <laughs> um, I would anticipate that there would be some, um, there'd be some very violent and physical days on the yeah. horizon. But here's the thing, John. They, they can't really do two-a-days. 
They can't go right. back and do old school, but he certainly can work him to death for about three and a half hours <laughs> and kind of see what who's who and what's what. So it'd be interesting to see what his practice regimen looks like. Urban might sleep on the field that night, JB. <laughs> he might just pitch a tent out there and like the Duke kids for the basketball game. Yeah, Shusheskyville, yeah, right outside. It'll be <laughs> Urban Meyerville. I have a little cot under the bleachers. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's, let's 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 get it going. Let's get it popping. The Huddle Up podcast runs Wednesday mornings on the Jaguars' official podcast network. This week, the focus turned to the Jaguars' defense. It's a revamped group, starting with free agent and draft additions on the interior of the defensive line and a nearly full reworked secondary. A cornerstone of that defense, though, is defensive end and linebacker Josh Allen. He's coming off a season with only eight games of action back in 2020 due to injuries. I caught up with him Tuesday after practice, and he explained how to get everyone on the same page quickly on this new defense and the expectations to win now. How uh, difficult, challenging, um, exciting is it to learn a bunch of new guys on your team and teammates on and off the field and how much of a process is that for you a guy who's been around here for a few years I mean just being around these guys in the locker room talking you know I think we talk more about individual like life Mm -hmm. like in the locker room more than we talk about football and scheme it's always like how you doing how your family doing oh where you staying like oh like you know I'm saying we doing the same thing you got kids I got kids so just having that connection with people is only going to make it feel like, okay, I want to play even harder for you because I know what situation you're in. I know what situation you know I'm in, so you, I know you're going to want you don't lie my back. So it's really more of that, more of that family, more of that you know, close connection, more than just, okay, you my teammate. You know what I'm saying? And once you have that, once you can look to the right, look to your left, and you see guys that you just met that's going to lay, lay it on the line for you, you know what I'm saying? It makes you just want to play hard. It makes you want to really – you know, sell out. So I'm excited to be, you know, I'm excited to be a part of this team and excited to see a part of this change. And, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to definitely be fun. Can't let an interview with a Jaguars player go by without asking about the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. and your interaction so far with him. I know you're, you know, obviously on different sides of the football, but what has he shown so far in that locker room? And, you know, you were first round pick too, high pick. How challenging is that coming into this new environment? And with all that pressure on his shoulders, he certainly has to have some. Uh, I mean, pressure. I think he was, you know, built for pressure. I feel like his whole career, high school, college, and now, you know, what I'm saying it was all. It's just all set up to be, <laughs> you know, set up for him. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm. Also, you know, we're not in the locker room together, mm-hmm. but I do. We do see each other when we eat food and when we're in the training room. So I do catch up and do talk to him, and you know, just hear just hear the growth that he's making and and what he's most excited about. Man, it's just you know, what I'm saying, gives you goosebumps a little bit. So I'm excited to see him, you know, succeed. But for him to succeed as well as you know, what I'm saying that he has the other side has to play just as you know, just as well. So. Not only is he helping us out, we have to help him out. We have to help the whole offense out. So, you know, so as long as we can do that, as long as we can play off each other, because they know we're going to put points on the board. So as long as we can keep that down and keep them going up, man, that's how, you know what I'm saying, I know he's going to light it up. So I'm excited to see. Last thought. Can this team win now? You kind of mentioned it earlier that you guys feel like that you need to win pretty quick here. 
Mm-hmm. Can you turn it around from 1-15, and 15, and what are the expectations? Maybe not wins and losses this year, the totals, but can this be a winning team fast? I truthfully believe we can win now, uh, and I truthfully believe we have the players to do so just at the players, you know what I'm saying? And now we have the coaching staff that can, you know what I'm saying, that can develop us and that can get us to where we need to be and that's going to put us in the right position uh, to succeed. It's only going to make it even better. Uh, so I do, I do believe that we're a winning team now, and I feel like, but it's it's all with us, you know. what I'm saying I'm not worried about any, like we're not worried about any other team, we're not worried about any other player who we got to play against or what, you know. what I'm saying we focus on us, we focus on, you know. What I'm saying when the time get it, we're gonna focus on game one, then game two, then game three, then game four, all the way to the Super Bowl. That's our goal. That's our mindset. As long as we can keep that and come to practice and practice as hard as we can every play, we'll be good. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. You're a good man. I appreciate your time, Josh. Thank you. Uh, JP, you're a great man. We are. The full Josh Allen interview aired Thursday on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio. The archive available on Jaguars' social media pages and jaguars.com. The Daily's Place schedule is heating up. Tedeschi Trucks Fireside Live, pieces of Tedeschi Trucks Band, Friday, June 11th, that's tonight, and Saturday, June 12th. Brad Paisley, July 8th. Blackberry Smoke, August 10th, and shows are being added by the day, and this fall lineup should be quite busy. Tickets available at dailiesplace.com. When we return, reaction to the new team facility plans from CBS Sports senior writer Pete Frisco. Linebacker Joe Schobert learns yet another defensive scheme. And right guard A.J. Can heads into season number seven. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank and single game tickets for the 2021 season are on sale now. For any ticket questions, visit jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000. And as always, thanks for checking out the official Jaguars Podcast Network, a free subscription on Apple iTunes or Spotify. This podcast each Friday. Jaguars reporters on Monday, the Huddle Up Pod Wednesdays, the Ozone Podcast. Give us that five-star rating as always. Jaguars linebacker Joe Schobert enters his second season with the organization and his sixth season in the NFL. During a media availability Tuesday, he discussed the difficulty of learning yet another defensive scheme. And then how do you think you're fitting into the scheme right now? As far as things have gone so far, it's an exciting time to be on defense here. The, the new schematics are, are fun, especially for the linebackers to play. Um, a lot of following the ball, getting to the ball. <laughs> a lot less, seems like a lot less responsibilities on in certain calls and certain aspects. Um, and then the guys in front and the guys behind are flying to the ball, making plays all over the field. And it just makes for a fun environment. And it's great, it's great learning so far uh, in the spring. Now we just can't wait to get pads on and start playing real football. Hey Joe, was there a part of you that wondered how you were gonna fit and worried about how that fit would be? Uh, no, I've played three, four, four, three since college in the NFL. Multiple different four, three schemes and multiple different three, four schemes. So I've always been in one of those uh, defenses. And I mean, once you get to a certain point, all NFL defenses are the same. You just have to learn the verbiage and the 
the language of the defense to be able to communicate effectively on the field. So uh, that really wasn't a concern of mine. It's just uh, learning the new language because this is the fifth, I guess, new language I've had to learn in six years. So that's the only thing that you get a little bit worried about. But it's been smooth, and I didn't really cross that thought. Didn't really cross my mind. How do you manage to go through five defenses and learn all the verbiage? I mean, is it? Are you? Do you get? Do you find yourself getting confused too much, or um, um, you know, is is it a tough deal? Mm, it's just tough to learn the verbiage at first. You always going to associate things that you did in the past, and there's always going to be a way that you thought you liked the best. But once you get through OTAs and mandatory mini camp and training camp, that's three times we'll have installed like the whole playbook and everything going forward. So you'll get enough repetitions and enough learning classroom time in it that it starts to become second nature once you get towards the end of. Uh, preseason going into the season and from there um, once you get the new defense set it's kind of hard to remember anything about old defenses until you look at a playbook but uh, I'm, it's not uh, too much of a concern but every year it's kind of a, a grind because there's no coming back to being oh yeah we have the same playbook again this year like that would be nice but I haven't had it happen really yet so Joe Schobert's media conference available on jaguars.com Let's rewind back to Monday's Jaguars Reporters Podcast. Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and I reacted to the previous week's presentation for the Jaguars Football Performance Center plans. My big thing is the lack of a team facility always made the Jaguars not on the same level as the rest of the league. And I remember when we flew to Baltimore, like you mentioned a couple years ago, and I walked in that facility, it was night and day. It was not even close to the same level and you think to yourself how can an NFL team succeed when some teams have this and the Jaguars have that so finally the Jaguars are getting that facility and have an even playing field I frankly thought they never had a chance to succeed because they were never given the necessary tools and I thought it was interesting when Brandon Leonard was asked about finally getting those tools and it was oh are you privileged? Are you, do you feel honored that you're mm-hmm. getting this? He's like, no, I feel like I can do my job now. And that's a huge thing. Yeah. I think you can, you can win without the multi-million dollar facility. It, it, it's this team almost did it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I wouldn't say that you have to have the Baltimore and the Minnesota and, and I, and what's coming in Jacksonville, but, there's no reason in this day and age in the league not to. Mm-hmm. So I think now this is their moment to transition into that. It's like anything in this league. When the Jaguars started in in 95, unfortunately I'm old enough to have been there. This was state of the art. Yes, uh, I'm sure. This was... It's a brand new stadium. Yeah, I mean, and they were number two or three in the league in total revenue because everything was set up. They had the best setup. They were the newest. That's how it works. Over the course of 27 years, they went from being the newest to one of the oldest because everybody else renovated. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? When they do this, when they build this in 2023, they'll be one of the four or five newest. Mm-hmm. In 25 years, they'll be one. I mean, it's a constant churn. It's a constant arms race. This is this team's moment and, and the city's moment to get back up into the arms race, so to speak. And the NFL is an expensive venture. At some point in the future, there'll be another time when you got to. There'll be other improvements we can't even imagine. I guess there'll be flying stadiums, or you know, it's a, but there'll be something that you've got to keep up with because it's it's the biggest, most popular, most expensive sport in the country to be involved with. Yeah, and, and you've it's got to always going to be one up, one upping. I mean, you yep. look at the star in, in Dallas, for example, and yep. I'm sure in ten years we'll be like, 
the star. Right. Look at them. Minnesota. Well, Los Angeles. I mean, I'm not sure that you'll have to go that route. I think that's the outlier that Mark was talking about in in the uh, presentation last week, I assume. Yeah. There'll be outliers like that, but, you know, Minnesota, Baltimore, those are standards that I think most teams will be up with. Uh, and it sounds like the Jaguars will be right there. The Minnesota one feels like it's closer to this setup than some of the others. Like Baltimore, they're out in a neighborhood you yeah. know, right. in the suburb, right? And there's not much room for development. The Minnesota one is development around their facility. Yeah, and it's a whole town around their facility. Similar idea, I think, right. here. The facility comes, development around it, it spurs other things. You know, that was just a giant parcel of land out in the right. middle of nowhere that they have developed into something. But And that's a key to remember for shot. I, I, I interrupted you, JP, but uh, it, it, it uh, I get questions all the time. Do you think the Jaguar, and there were even some people asking last week, hey, is this going to be, uh, are they going to announce that they're going to rebuild the stadium in, in St. John's? Or are they going to build their facility in uh, Clay County? Um I would have been stunned. I would be stunned if Shad ever considers doing anything with the Jaguars outside of of this square patch that we're sitting on because his vision since day one has been to have a vibrant downtown and to have the Jaguars be the center of it. Whatever he does, he's going to try to develop it in this because he wants this to be a jewel in downtown Jacksonville, not a jewel outside of Jacksonville. Jaguars Reporters runs Mondays on the Jaguars' official podcast network. More discussion about that project from Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday with our good friend and Happy Hour Monday co-host during the season, CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco, who offered his view of the Jaguars' facilities compared to the rest of the league and the all-important mid-June AFC South Power Rankings. How far behind are the Jaguars in the arms race, if you will, in the NFL? It seems like this could catch them up in a hurry. Yeah, they're dragging. I mean, it's been dragging for a long time, and I go back to even when I used to cover that team, and, and they didn't have their own facility. And when you don't have your own facility, a guy like me, a beat guy, can stand out there on the public property and wait for players to come out and stand and talk to him. It was great for me. <laughs> it's not great for the players because fans can stand out there as well and ask for autographs. Now you have a secure facility where they come out, they go in through a gate, they come out through the gate, and off they go. And not only that, you have a lot more space. They don't have enough space in that facility. And, and you've been around the league. You've seen Minnesota and what that monstrosity is. It's a beautiful facility, yep. Dallas. Uh, you know, all of them. Uh, and, Baltimore. you know, in Miami, Miami's building one over by their stadium right now. It's going to be done for the start of their training camp. So uh, I think when you look at it, you have to have it. Uh, it's a smart thing to do. And people say Urban Meyer got it done. Maybe he inched it a little bit, but it was going to get done anyway. That thing has been in the works for a while. Okay, Pete, our final thought with you today. Julio Jones has joined the Tennessee Titans in a trade. So as we do most Mondays during the season, we now need your AFC South power rankings on June 10th, 2021. What do you got for us? I'm going with the Colts still at number one, the Titans really? at number two, and the Jaguars at number three, and the Texans at distant number four. And, and yeah, I do. I, look, I still think it comes down to playing defense. I don't think the Titans have made that many improvements on defense. If Bud Dupree can liven up the pass rush. Remember, they had 19 sacks. They, they, the Jaguars didn't have, you know, they didn't have as as the Jaguars did, but they had 19, and they didn't rush the pass over a team that was in the postseason. You got to knock the quarterback down. So 
Uh, unless they show me great improvement in that area, uh, I still think they're going to score a lot of points, which they did last year, but they're going to have to be better on defense. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Thursday at 4 p.m. on 1010XL AM Radio in Jacksonville or the Jaguars' social media accounts. Let's wrap this week with Jaguars right guard A.J. Can. He's entering season number seven in the National Football League. And this week, he sat down with senior writer John Ozier for the Ozone Podcast to share his view on his league experience, a returning offensive line, and scrutiny from fans and observers. When you hear yourself introduced as seventh-year veteran A.J. Can, what uh, do you think? Uh, I heard you just mentioned it before you introduced me. It's like the same, seemed like it flew by. And it has flown by, you know, except when you look at that, I got a family now and I'm getting older, mm -hmm. you know, but other than that, I feel like it's, it's flown, it's flown by and you really got to enjoy it while it's here. As a player, where are you better year seven than you were year two? I feel like just knowing, okay. you know, uh, I was just telling, that's funny you asked me, I was just telling Brandon, you know, when you first come in, you know, you see things happen and, you know, you're a little slow to react, but now I feel like everything gets reactionary. I've seen it so many times, you know, I just react to it and just get the job done and it's been it's been cool to see that progress from you know younger years to being older and it's it's really been it's helped me out a whole lot that and that's what being a veteran is right yeah. i mean that's what they talk about with veteran experience your feet may not move quite as fast as at 22 but my mind but is, your mind works so much faster it. yes offensive line uh it's always an area of focus for the fans mm -hmm. uh they love to criticize it oh yeah and, and uh <laughs> but before we get to that part, tell me about what continuity means for you guys. Uh, it's a striking thing, statistical. Um, when the year starts, you guys will have st be entering your third straight year of you guys starting with this lineup as a unit. That almost never happens. Mm -hmm. uh, where does that help you? Uh, just just knowing who you're going to battle with, and and knowing that person in and out, like. You know, being beside Brandon for a while, some sometimes we can just see something, just look at each other and be like, good job, you seen that? Yeah, I reacted to it too. You know, mm -hmm. just from knowing how he, what he's thinking about, being able to think on the same page. And even with Jawan coming up in year three, we're getting to that point now where he can just see something. He he can just make a point. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm already watching it. Right. And, you know, that's just a cool thing to see. Even with, you know, Norwell and Cam, even though they're on a different side of the ball, you can just – feel the 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 presence of the group when when we're out there and not just the group though just that whole room in general mm -hmm. we got some guys that's been there you know shat um uh, yeah mcdermott is coming on year four you know we got a lot of guys in that room who who we know each other in and out i feel like you know we we can get the job done you know last year we made some scribes even though th this year's a new year we're working to, to build on that and i think we we really got a group to get this job done now when i said it's a group that fans love to criticize. You kind of said, oh, yeah, you've lived that a long time. Yeah, I've, I've been, you know, being here for seven years, I've been through the ups and downs. We had years where everything was, you know, that year everything was great. And then, you know, we had some a downfall. And just being in this league in general, you got to have thick skin, you know, because people are going to say this and that. When you're doing good, they're going to say this and that. So you just got to, you know, keep your head down, go to work, and just try to stay focused. How often do you have a situation – I've talked to offensive linemen over the years, so I probably know the answer – where you see people say something on Twitter or, or somewhere, and then you watch the film and you're like, that's not really what – or do you uh, just get past that early on and uh, accept man, that that's what it's going to be? Man, that's to the point. I'm past that quick. 
because right. you know I guess you know for a lot of people I guess I don't know how much they know ball but you know I've been playing this since I was six years old I know ball so you know people say what they want to say or criticize but uh, we know what we're doing and we've been doing this for a long time I'm, pre- I, I'm pretty sure we got it <laughs> <laughs> the entire conversation with AJ can is available on the ozone podcast on the Jaguars official podcast network and thank you for subscribing to that network on Apple iTunes or wherever you download your pods give us a comment and a five-star rating next week mandatory minicamp Monday Tuesday Wednesday and the final official work of the offseason program and until then have a great weekend thanks for listening I'm JP Shadrick we'll We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.